Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Two miles after lunch, my feet were, I mean, it was excruciating. And I knew, I knew that something was really wrong. But you're in the middle of nowhere. What am I going to do? Make my boyfriend put me on his back and carry me? Like, I was just like, there's nothing to do here. And as a side note, This is also why I love an endurance challenge and why I think everybody should do one is, do you know the the message that just kept coming up to me, whether this was like from my inner wisdom or a spirit guide or God, or I don't know, but the, the, the message that just kept coming up is like, it is, this is what it is. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi guys, it's Rach. Welcome to another episode of the podcast and a conversation I have been promising you, promising myself for weeks and weeks and weeks. Today I am telling you about my latest personal challenge, my latest physical endurance challenge. I just got back from Spain where I did a bucket list item for me, something I have wanted to do for years and years. I walked part of, not all of, but part of the Camino de Santiago. Okay, so I wanted to tell you guys about my most recent 
physical endurance challenge. And I'm going to tell you all about it and give you all the details in case you are interested in also taking on something like this. But if you hear this and you're like, that's kind of interesting, but there's no way that I could ever do a physical challenge like that, you need to go listen to episode 418. Like maybe even pause this and go listen to episode 418, which is my story of how I went from being 52 pounds heavier than I am today, couldn't walk half a mile, let alone run one. Like how I went from that to running marathons, climbing mountains, doing all of these physical things, how I did it and also why I did it, why that mindset shift happened, what were the obstacles along the way, how did I overcome them. Like I shared all of that information in episode 418. So if you are interested but you feel like, no way that's for me, yes it is. It is for everyone. Doing your first 5K, doing your first half marathon, that is for everyone. And I don't care what kind of shape you're in. I don't care how old you are. I don't I don't care. There is something out there for you. And I truly believe, especially women, when we take on an endurance challenge and we didn't know that we were capable of something like that, it fully changes the way we see ourselves. So go listen to episode 418. Now, if you are not familiar with this particular trek, this pilgrimage, so you walk from the border of France through Spain until you get to the coast. It's called the Camino de Santiago, literally the road of Santiago, because you're heading to a church called the Santiago de Compostela. And I actually heard about this trek when I was doing another physical challenge. So back in 2019, I did something called 29029, which is when you attempt to climb the equivalent of Mount Everest in a single weekend. If you've never heard of this challenge, there's this incredible company, 29029, you can look them up. It's called the Everesting Challenge, and they rent out mountains. Yeah, I didn't know you could rent a mountain either, but you totally can. (laughs) They rent a mountain at a ski resort during the summertime. So there's no snow on it, but there is a path. And they figure out the height of that mountain, and then they say, okay, well, Everest is 29,029 feet. So if you climb this particular mountain eight times or 10 times or 13 times, depending on what the mountain is, if you climb this this many times, in less than 36 hours, you have completed the Everesting Challenge. So I did this back in 2019. I completed the challenge. It was one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done. It was such a psychological like mind screw because physically you're exhausted, but mentally you want to quit so badly and you have to really control and focus your mindset to be able to finish what it is. And in fact, after I did that challenge is when I got my tattoo that says embrace the suck because that particular goal reminded me that every great thing in my life has come on the other side of doing something that felt impossible when I was in it. 
like it felt sucky and hard, but on the other side of that was something I'm really proud of. So when I first did 29029, because I've done it twice, when I first did this challenge, I met an older gentleman as I was climbing the mountain. Because you climb it over and over. The first time I did it, you climb 13 times. And what's rad is that you end up walking by people and you're walking a similar pace. So you just end up meeting new friends. And I heard someone describe it once as like a TED talk on a mountainside that you just talk to the coolest people. Because let's be honest, if you're the kind of person that's trying to climb the equivalent of Everest, you probably have some cool stories. And when I was on one of the ascents, I met this guy. I was like, oh, have you ever done anything like this before? And he said, yeah, I just did this thing called the Camino de Santiago. And I was like, what's that? I've never heard of it. And he tells me it's an ancient pilgrimage and it takes 40 days. You walk for 40 days across Spain and you stay in these like little hostels at night and you drink from fountains along the way. And it's this really amazing experience. He loved it. And I remember him telling me and me thinking like, that's interesting, but maybe not for me. But then it's funny how the universe kind of puts, like it plants little seeds, like you're, you'll hear about something, then you'll hear about it again and again. And that was the case for me and the Camino. And over the years, I kept hearing about it. And then I like found a book on it in the bookshop one day. And then I found another book. And then like Shirley MacLaine wrote a book about walking the Camino and Andrew McCarthy wrote a book about walking the Camino. And so I started to devour these books on the Camino and really began to dream of what it would be like to do this particular challenge. You know, I've done marathons, I've climbed mountains, I've I've swum with sharks, I've skydived, I've done all this stuff, but this was a totally different thing in that you can't like get it over quickly. And I really did learn this when I was actually on the road in Spain is that most of the challenges that I've put in front of myself had a time limit, right? They had an end in sight that was achievable. Even climbing in the Everest challenge, within 36 hours, it's going to be over. But what was really interesting about this was that just you do it and you do the hardest thing and you walk all day long and then you go to bed and you wake up in the morning. It's like, all right, let's go again. And then you go to bed and then you wake up in the morning and it's go again. So I was really intrigued by that kind of goal for myself. Like what would it be like to do something that kind of messed with a different part of my brain? But the actual real life obstacle in front of me was I have four kids. I have four kids and they're with me full time. I can't just like peace out for 40 days and go do this, this pilgrimage. I had, I literally, you guys, I've had on my nightstand for I think three years, a map of the Camino, like a book that was a map of the Camino because I had a goal in my mind that, okay, someday these kids are going to like move out. They're going to be off to college and then I'll be able to, to do this thing. Fast forward to, I don't know, two months ago maybe. And we're preparing for my kids to go to summer camp 
because you got to prepare way in advance for your kids to go. So I was signing them up for all the things. They go to summer camp every year, but this was the first year that all four kids would be at summer camp. The boys have gone for a long time, but this is the first year my daughter was going. So I knew I was going to have two weeks with no children. And I was like, what do I want to do? And to be totally honest, if you guys know my story, then you know it's been a really hard year. And you know that I have found myself full-time raising four kids as their only parent, which is a lot. It's it's a lot. So I kind of thought, well, maybe if I have these two weeks, maybe I should just go lay on a beach. Uh, maybe I should just take a nap. I actually really thought about just doing – just staying home because any of you parents out there, you know there is a special kind of luxury that happens when you are at home but your kids are not home. Like when grandma takes the kids and you just get to be at home without them, oh, it's glorious. So I kind of thought maybe I would do that. But then as it got closer, I was like, oh, I really want to do something. And I remembered that my word at the beginning of 2023, I always choose a word every new year, and my word was adventure. I really wanted adventure this year. And man, the universe, she laughed at that. And she hit me upside the head. And this year has been wild. But I thought, okay, you have two weeks. What's an adventure that you can have in two weeks? And so I started to think about it. And I must have seen something or read something or saw a quote how could you find a different way to have the same experience? Like for any of the goals that we set for our life or our bucket list items that you assume there's no way you're going to get to that thing until your kids are grown or until this happens or until you make this much money or until, until, until. For me, I saw something and I can't even remember what it was, but it made me think like, am I thinking about the Camino wrong? Like, is there another way that I could do the Camino? And to be honest, I was like, okay, well, I have two weeks. Maybe I could get my mom to come to town. Like, I was trying to figure out how I could get 40 days. And then I was like, wait a minute. What if I did the Camino in stages? Now, that is not traditionally how it's done. Traditionally, you start and you walk for 40 days or 50 days or however long it takes you. That's part of the process. But needs must, right? Like you work with what you've got. And what I've got right now is one, a desire to do this thing and two, four kids who need me. So I've got two weeks. What could I do with those two weeks? I'm like, screw it. I wonder if there's a way to take the Camino in chunks. And there totally is. So I do a bunch of online research and I find a company. This is not an ad. Nothing I'm about to talk about is an ad. This is literally what I Googled and researched and found and what I paid for. It's guided tours all over the world that you do yourself. So it's like walking tours, biking tours of different parts of the world, and you pay this company to give you the guides. You say, I have seven days. This is where I'm starting. This is where I want to end up. And the two things they did that were so freaking clutch is they book all of your hotels for you and they transfer your bags. Now, let me back up because if any of you have actually done the Camino the way it's meant to be done, then you know that most people do this 40-day trek 
with a full on backpack, like Reese Witherspoon in the movie with the hiking boots, like the full on backpack. And they carry everything with them on their back like a turtle. Your girl's not about that life, okay? My physical challenge was the hike, which was very intense. And I'm going to talk to you about that. My physical challenge was, can I walk for 16 miles every day over the top of mountains? Can I do that? That was my physical challenge. I don't need to know if I can do that with a backpack. And, And to each their own, but that's not where my heart was. So when I found out that there was a company <laughs> that would literally, you drop your suitcase in the morning in your hotel lobby and a guy picks it up, takes it to the next hotel. Because if you think about it, you're 15 to 20 miles from the next city. It takes that car like, sadly, it takes them like five seconds and it takes you all day. But that's not the point. This thing's called Max Adventure we find that you can go seven days. It's essentially 100 kilometers. And it like tells you all the cities you're going to stop in. It books the hotels for you and it transfers your bags. Let me just say one more thing about hotels. Again, if you were doing the traditional pilgrimage, the way people for real, for real, the way Shirley MacLaine did it, you don't stay at a hotel. You're meant to stay at hostels or you're meant to stay at churches, refugios. There's all of these like little places along this route where you stay on bunk beds, like sleeping in a room with a bunch of other people. Again, that's not my, that's not for me. So we were staying in little pensiones, little hotels. These were not luxury by any stretch of the imagination, but they had hot water and our own bathroom, and that's where we went. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. 
Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. I find out that this thing exists. We do a ton of research. My boyfriend and I are trying to figure out if this is like the right thing for us. And then we're just like, let's go. Let's try it. And we had two weeks, but I didn't want to be crazy. I didn't want to do two full weeks of walking. So I said, let's do one week of walking and then like, four days of bougie luxury on the back end. So our plan was one week doing the Camino, four days in Ibiza. I took a pill in Ibiza. No, I didn't take any pills. I make the plan. We start researching. We figure out as much as someone's like transferring our suitcase, you do need like day packs. We've had full-on backpacks that we walked with. What are the right hiking shoes? What are the right hats? What are the like all the equipment? Because you gotta, you do have to carry equipment with you because you are in the middle of nowhere. You're not in cities or towns. And it could start raining or you could have injuries or you need to like carry your water with you. It's a whole production. So we're nerds and we got really excited. You know, all the Cotopaxi, all the <laughs> all the North Face, all the Topo. If you guys are hikers or you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, we did all the research. We got all of our gear. We get the kids off to camp and then we flew from LA to London. I will tell you this getting to the start of this trek is, it took a couple days. That actually was kind of a bummer. Is like it would be awesome to have been able to walk faster meaning like to start the walk sooner, but you really do spend two days just getting there. So we flew from LA to London, London to Biarritz, which is in France. And then we drove from Biarritz to San Sebastian and San Sebastian is where we started our journey. Now, there are many roads. There are many Caminos and these roads have existed for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They are so cool. Literally, sometimes you're walking on cobblestones that are like a gajillion years old. And you can feel 
the energy of what has gone there before. You can feel the presence of spirits. You can feel angels. You can feel it is a very spiritual experience. And I'm positive that the reason the pilgrimage exists and is so powerful for people even today is because that 40-day trek really breaks you down to your core. So there's all of these different roads that you can take. And originally, I thought I was just going to do the the standard Camino de Santiago. It's the same one that everyone does. But then I realized that there were a bunch. And I started doing research and found that there's one road in particular that (laughs) you guys are going to die. It's way more physically challenging, but it has better food. (laughs) And I might not be the person who is willing to carry my bag on my back, but I am the person who will climb mountains in order to have a better dinner. And that is what I did. So I actually did the Camino del Norte, which is the Northern Road. And what's so incredible, I just got chills thinking about it. What's so incredible about the Camino del Norte is it is stunning. Stunning. I cannot explain to you how gorgeous it is. It's Basque country. So it's imagine France and Spain had a baby and that baby is Basque. And it's all along the coast. Utterly beautiful. If you're listening to this, you know, at a later date, we did the trek mid-July and it was freaking gorgeous. Like I One of the prettiest places I've ever seen in the world, and that's saying something. But the Camino del Norte, she does not play. She is all uphill. It was kind of our joke the whole time was like, when in doubt, when you're trying to find the road, when you're confused about where you go next, just look for whatever the next hill is because that's definitely the Camino. And let me tell you guys, hashtag worth it. Totally worth it. We started our trek in San Sebastian. If you are not familiar with San Sebastian, it is the number one city in the world with the most Michelin star rated restaurants. You're like, what? Where? Exactly. I don't know. I don't know why this like fishing village has so many. I don't even know if it is a fishing village. People are going to be like, girl, it's not even on the water. I don't remember. I was very tired. But I do know incredible food. Oh, my gosh. Incredible food. So our very first night, we go to this fabulous restaurant. It's like however many Michelin stars. We eat an amazing dinner. All all the food. Because I'm like, what does it matter? We are about to walk forever. Which is, by the way, I'm not going to lie. Any of you who do endurance challenges. Do you, I mean, am I the only one? I freaking love when I have done something so difficult that I'm like, I literally could eat for the rest of this day and I will not, I'll still be in a calorie deficit. I freaking love that when you're like, yeah, I'll have a cookie or a entire plate of ham or some more pan con tomate or et cetera, et cetera. I just ate, I ate my face off all the albarino, all the yummy food, all the tapas, all the pinchos, all just give it to me. It was delicious. We start in San Sebastian. We're like super nerdy, so excited. 
head out the first morning, just like, okay, what do we do? And here's something, maybe the most special thing about the Camino. These roads, and there's more than one. You guys heard me say there's like a bunch of different roads. They're all across the the country of Spain. They are maintained by volunteers. They are maintained by local farmers. The people of Spain maintain these roads and have for hundreds of years. And the roads are marked by yellow arrows. I'm actually going to get, I'm going to find like, I think I'm going to do it when I finish the entire road, but I'm going to get a yellow arrow somewhere tattooed on my body because it was so special. There's all of these yellow arrows and they light your way. They guide your path. Whenever you're unsure of what to do, you look for a yellow arrow. You don't need a map because you just walk until you get to the next yellow arrow. They're like every 500 feet or something. They're little, they're big, they're faded, they're brand new, they're spray painted, they're painted on signs, they're carved into the ground. There's just yellow arrow after yellow arrow leading you across the country. I just, I thought it was the coolest freaking thing. And I just have so much respect for all of the people who continue to make that road possible for all of these pilgrims. Because most pilgrims are not bougie bitches like me. Most pilgrims are doing it absolutely on a budget. They're not necessarily coming into these towns and like being tourists. They're not spending a lot of money. So the reason these roads are maintained is because the people understand the sacredness of what it is to challenge yourself in this way, to try and commune with a higher power, to try and grow your faith. Like, I just thought it was so beautiful that everyone sort of works together to make this thing happen. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach this episode is brought to you by progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly 750 dollars on average plus auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Yeah, we head out that first morning and we found our first yellow arrow and I got like misty-eyed because I had been thinking about this for years and we just start walking. That's what you do. You freaking walk. I mean, the first day was 16 miles and I'm in really good shape, but 16 miles mostly uphill. <laughs> I mean, you're, you are on flat certainly, but it just, it was, it was no joke. And we didn't really understand that first day. I definitely thought that we were going to walk through villages where we could find lunch, let's say. But you really do, if you want to take this on, an interesting thing about the Camino is I don't feel like there's a ton of information online that is necessarily helpful for today. So I'm telling you all the things I wish I knew. And a big one was you really do need to plan to have all your food with you in the morning because otherwise you just might not eat. And we had brought snacks. We had nut butters and like granola bars and protein powder and things like that. We brought that in our backpack. Thank goodness because we wouldn't eat in the first day. But on that first day, we would pass other pilgrims who were like, basically having a little picnic on the side of the road. And we were so jealous because we wanted that food too. <laughs> the next day we went to a bakery and this was like super key because you got to imagine you're in small villages in Spain and it's not like you can like roll into Whole Foods and grab what you need. You really are working with whatever they have. So we learned to go into a bakery in the morning, get a beautiful, fresh loaf of bread. We found, oh my God, there's like this sheep's milk cheese that's really famous in that particular area. And we got a huge like wedge of that cheese. And so the second day we had bread and cheese. And the third day we got lucky, we found some hams. We had bread, cheese, and ham. And I do think it's worth saying I had this like epiphany when I was on the road, which was more of a question. When is the last time that you did something that was so physically demanding, that was so physically difficult for you to do, that when you were finished and you finally got to sit down and eat something, it was the nectar of the gods. It was the greatest meal you've ever had. It was so incredible because you had pushed your body to its limits. I have eaten in some of the greatest restaurants in the world. I've been in Paris, New York, LA. I've been in Hong Kong. I've just, I've, I've been really blessed to have incredible food. And I will tell you that there is not a meal in my memory that can live up to sitting in the dirt, covered in sweat, physically drained, 
eating a sandwich made of bread and cheese and drinking coffee because we filled up a carafe in the morning and we would take it with us so that when we had our bread and cheese, we could sit and eat bread and cheese and have coffee. I've never had a better meal in my life. The most beautiful country you can imagine, knowing that you're like there, you're present. I would take off my my shoes and put my feet in the on the ground. Just when is the last time that you challenge yourself in such a way that you did, maybe it was, you know, gardening. Have you ever done that where you have like a huge gardening day and you're like raking all the leaves and putting, you just really physically push yourself. And then when you get to sit down for a meal, you have a sort of hunger that you haven't had for years. I remember sitting, eating this bread and thinking, man, this is the problem with the world today is we don't have enough earthy moments like this. We don't have enough moments where we're like, this piece of bread is the best freaking thing I've ever had. And I want more moments like that. I want more simplicity, the the beauty of simple things. And that really was what this trek was for me in so many ways, was so present. And I made a conscious decision. You guys aren't going to believe this because you know how much I love music. I live on Spotify. I love my AirPods. I always am listening to music. And I made a conscious decision to not I, – I wasn't on my phone. I never put in AirPods. I never turned on music. I really wanted to be present in all of it, in the good stuff, in the pain, in the hardship. I didn't want any distraction from what I was doing, and I was very much – rooted in the walk. We were meant to walk for six days and we walked for three. Let me tell you what happened. On day two, I started to feel, I I thought my feet were getting blisters. I mean, they were, but it wasn't what I thought. I thought that my feet were maybe rubbing funny in the socks And so I thought they were getting blisters. And so I'm a marathon runner. I've done it a million times. I had anti-chafe and I took my socks off and put anti-chafe stick on the spots on my feet where I felt like I was getting chafing. Put my socks back on, put my shoes back on, keep going. I did this at lunch on day two and I could feel it getting worse. I could feel it getting worse. By the night of day two, We get to the hotel finally, take my shoes off, and we happen to be in a city called Deba, and Deba is right on the beach, and our pensiones was like right around the corner from the beach. So we got in a little early. I think that day it was only a 12-mile walk, so we got in a little bit earlier, like 4 or 5 o'clock, dropped our stuff at the hotel, and went down to the beach. And I went down and put my feet in the water because the water was really cold, and I was just trying to like calm them down. I knew something was wrong with my feet, but I didn't really know what. Ironically, I went on this trek and I didn't have flip-flops, which was a key component that I should have had because it would have helped. It would have helped me to have some different shoes than I had, but I didn't know better. Next time I'll know better. So we go to a store, we buy a cheap pair of flip-flops, and I go to the beach, put my feet in the water, 
And then we're walking to try and go find dinner, which by the way, just as a side note, that is marked. If bread and cheese on the on the side of the road is one of the best meals I've ever had, dinner in Deba is easily one of the worst. A very interesting thing about Spain, if you decide to do this, two things. If you've never been to Spain, restaurants in Spain don't open for dinner until eight. They eat very late there. Doesn't matter, family, kids, doesn't matter. They eat very late. Eight o'clock is early. Eight o'clock is like senior citizens, early birds, and your girl. Okay, that's who's there at 8 p.m. But imagine that you just walk for 16 hours and the only thing you've had is bread. You're starving. You get to your hotel at like six and you really want some food. You're gonna wait till eight unless you're in Deba and it's a Monday, in which case, you're not going to have Jack. There are no restaurants open. They will serve you beer forever. You can get alcohol all day and you can get pinchos, which are a very specific kind of tapa. But in this particular town, which was smaller, there wasn't anything substantive. So there was one bar that we found and they only served fried foods. They only, and I don't even, you know, I love fried food. I'm not talking about fried chicken. I'm not talking about a taquito. I'm talking about small, I would call them croquettes, which would be delicious, except these weren't. These were a hundred percent from the freezer section of a local grocery store. We were starving. We ordered all of these croquettes. It was horrible. I, I'm not, I love the Spanish people. But this particular meal was so bad and there was nowhere else. Everything was closed. And I just tell you that story to say, plan ahead for where you're going to eat because you actually really do need that nightly meal. You really do. Because the amount of calories you're going to burn during the day, you really need to take in some good nutrition at night. And we didn't have that option. In retrospect, I actually wish that I would have just like made a protein smoothie and had some nuts. It wouldn't have been satiating, but it would have been much better because I do think day three walk was much harder because I just was in such a calorie deficit. Anyway, we go find this restaurant. We're having a beer. I can tell my feet, they're, they're starting to swell. They're red, but I got my flip-flops now. And I'm thinking, this is just part, I've been walking all day. It's very hot. It just is what it is. But Boo was like, oh, they don't look good. Let me see. And he found a pharmacy. He was like, I'm going to get you some cortisone cream to put on your feet. The next day, I, my feet are still pretty jacked, but whatever. I put my socks and shoes on and off we head. And this day was the most physically grueling. It was very difficult. It was very, very steep. It was very hot. Holy crap. And we're going. Lunchtime, stop. To, and my, my, could, I could tell my feet were in a lot of trouble. And I took my shoes off and my socks off to just like let my feet rest during lunch. And they looked horrible. Like they were completely red. They were swelling. I had pretty bad edema. And I was starting to get visible blisters. And I don't mean blisters like from rubbing. I mean like like blood blisters all over my feet. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. 
But remember, Boo had got me cortisone cream. So dumbass. I mean, I didn't know better, whatever. Like you just do what you can. I think I'm having some kind of allergic reaction. I'm having whatever. So I take the cortisone cream and I put it all over the parts of my feet that are having this reaction, which was a lot. Then I put my socks and shoes back on and I still have to walk nine more miles. And that's what did it. About two miles after lunch, my feet were, I mean, it was excruciating. And I knew, I knew that something was really wrong. But you're in the middle of nowhere. What am I going to do? Make my boyfriend put me on his back and carry me? Like, I was just like, there's nothing to do here. And as a side note, this is also why I love an endurance challenge and why I think everybody should do one is, do you know the the message that just kept coming up to me, whether this was like from my inner wisdom or a spirit guide or God or I don't know, but the, the, the message that just kept coming up is like, it is. This is what it is. So often in my life, I have tried to mentally battle my way or mentally unpack or mentally spiral out to to obsess over how something should be different or why something's wrong or why this is unfair or why is this happening to me. And in this instance, I just was like, it is. It is what it is. This moment is what it is. And it's the most calm I've ever been in a situation, maybe in any situation, where I just accepted what was. So a couple miles after lunch that day, I'm in excruciating pain and every step felt like I'm I'm walking on 1,000 needles. And I just, every step, to the point that like, what are you going to do? It is what it is. So I just kept going and I wasn't even complaining. I, I mean, my boyfriend knew I was in pain. He knew it was, and I was just like, it was very much like when I was in labor, when I was in labor with my kids, I would like go so inside myself. I don't know if any of you did this, but I would just go so inside myself of like, it was just like me and that baby and God. That's all that my labor was. My children's father was there. My mom was there. There were doctors, there were nurses, but like they were not even in my world. It was just me and the baby and God. And on that walk, it was me and God. That was it. And I didn't talk and I didn't spiral and I didn't think. I just was like, this is what it is. And you've got, you know, six more miles to go. There's nothing to do, but take another step. So just keep walking. And at some point along that trek, my feet started to go numb, but not in a good way. I mean, not in a like, okay, great. Now it won't stop hurting. Like, oh, we're in a lot of trouble here. I knew they were super swollen. I knew it was a problem. We get into the city we're going to. And one thing that was very difficult was like, you would have it in your head. Okay, it's 16 miles to the next city. But then you'd get to that city and your hotel might be another mile from where you were, which is the worst 
mind screw you can possibly imagine that you're like, okay, now I have to walk another mile. So we walk another mile. I was getting, I was really struggling. I was getting really frustrated. And we finally get to this actually gorgeous. It was my favorite place we stayed, this really beautiful country house. Like a husband and wife own this house that's just like a hotel for pilgrims. And I get there, I go up to our room, and I take my socks and shoes off. And it's real bad. It's it's real bad. I've never seen anything like this. My feet were twice the size that they normally are. My ankles were twice the size they normally are. They were covered, and I mean covered, in blisters, but not blisters from like rubbing. Like, I don't know if I had an allergic reaction. I don't know. I I wonder if it was a heat rash. Like if I put this cream on and then the heat of the sock and the shoe and the intensity of walking, the bottom line is whatever happened to my feet, I did it to myself. And believe me that I spent days after trying to figure out like, did I? You know, because sometimes things manifest physically in your body because of an emotion. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, I'm walking. And then I have this problem with my feet. Like, what does this symbolize? What does this mean? I was like doing all of this like deep dive and like, oh my gosh, did I make this happen? Or am I worried about the path I'm walking? And this is a representation. And I've unpacked this from every angle. And what I can tell you is I'm just an idiot who shouldn't have put cream on my feet. I'm just an idiot who shouldn't have put cream on my feet when I couldn't read what the tube said because it was in another language. That's that's it. Just crappy luck, just a bad choice. But I knew as soon as I took my socks and shoes off, I was like, there's, there's literally no way that I can keep going because I can't actually put shoes back on. So I took them off and like, I showed Boo and like we both were just immediately bummed because we're very similarly aligned in that we really wanted to do this. I know not everybody wants to go on a hundred mile trek, but we did. We were really excited about it. And there isn't a lot of time away from the kids. So this was my shot. And it was a big bummer to know we were already doing this thing in chunks and now we had to cut that chunk in half. So I was like, I'm I'm so sorry. There's no way that I can do it. And he's like, oh no, babe, I totally understand. Like, but now we're in the middle of the country, in the middle of Spain, and what the heck are we gonna do? Cause now we have 10 days, 10, no, maybe a little bit less but we had this whole chunk of time. Now we were meant to go to Ibiza, but we were meant to go to Ibiza for, you know, four days. And in case you're wondering, going to Ibiza for four days is already too much. It's too much. If you've been, you know, it's beautiful people, lots of parties. I'm not a partier. I'm not going to a club. I'm not going to, I'm not going out, right? I just want to lay by a pool and have some wine. That's what I wanted to do. And I really, really only need that for like two days. And now I'm looking at a ton of extra time. Luckily, if you're going to be stranded 
in the middle of the country in Spain and you need to make some last minute travel arrangements, the person you want to be in a relationship with is one of the world's biggest tour managers. Literally. That's what my boyfriend is. All he's done for 20 years is get hundreds of people all around the world on a tour. So I was like, well, uh, you go ahead and fix this. <laughs> and I'm going to put these hooves, these cloven hooves up on the wall and hope that the swelling goes down. So we did go to Ibiza. We got a lot more relaxation time in than we thought we were going to get. And we are definitely going to go back and finish the Camino. We still plan to do it in stages. The kids will be back at camp next summer. So that's when we're planning to try and take on some more time. But I wanted to tell you guys this story because I hope, I don't know, I hope it inspires you to try something or to do something, or maybe all it inspires you to do is go travel. Maybe you're like, you know what, Rach, I'm not ready to go do a physical endurance challenge, but I have always wanted to go to Spain, and this conversation has motivated me to look into that. Not Deba, but other places are fantastic. I think that if you've never seen an example of someone traveling, an example of someone running a race, an example of someone starting a business or going back to school in their 50s. Like if we don't see an example of it, we might not know that it's possible. And so I hope that one of the things you get out of our relationship is maybe you just see me trying things and it encourages you to consider trying things. So this is my latest, my latest excursion. And I hope you got something out of our conversation today. I will be back soon with more things to chat about and also maybe more adventures to be had. And until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.